Good morning, everyone. How's everybody this morning? Bright, shiny Sunday morning, correct? It's a little cool outside, but God has blessed us again, that's for sure. Just go over a couple, three, four announcements this morning, and then also, uh, well, I'll just open it up with, uh, we kind of had a little, uh, I guess, sidestep uh, through the week. The candidate that we had that was supposed to be here this morning or chosen to be here this morning, him and his wife, he uh, called me Tuesday morning, um, and it was kind of a surprise, of course, but he, he was following God's will. Him and his wife been praying throughout the week, and uh, Tuesday morning in their prayers said that God wasn't ready for them to leave the church that they were at. So we, we've got to honor that, and I, I think it's great. We've got another candidate, candidate that we'd had of the pick three that we'd picked out. We will be doing a Zoom call with them on some just little questions that he had. We're going to do that Tuesday night, and then we'll move forward with that. So we'll keep everybody updated from that. and Just keep us in your prayers. Uh, God's got it. God's got it. Um, Start off with, we've got uh, we, men's breakfast, April 15th, starts at 8.30. And then, uh, this is not an April Fool's joke, April 1st, men's Bible study will be 8.30 as well. Um, from what I've gathered, they have a good turnout on that, so it's great. Uh, heart to heart, I'll get this right. <laughs> We have Tanya Keaton and Leanne Hart. Uh, the way I understand it, Leanne will be doing the music, and Tanya will be giving a testimony of whatever. If you have any questions, concerns, or whatever, get with Miss Robin, and she'll get you lined out if you need to bring something or whatever. But uh, again, I want to emphasize that. I, uh, I think this is great. The ladies are you know, bringing in other churches to uh, be in this heart-to-heart. And that's what it's all about. And I, I think it's great that they're doing this. Uh, prime timers, March 25th. Uh, so um, that's, uh, I guess that's all the, uh, all the announcements I had. Julie, turn it over to our worship team. I 
guess Jill told him, when you get the mic, just keep it short. Is that what it was? All right, y'all are going to have to get up. We can't worship sitting down. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this house this morning, God. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your, to your presence, God, not only to just feel it, God, but to worship you, Father. Father, just have your way in this service this morning as we sing our praise to you. Go ahead, guys.
praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, there's joy this morning. You know, joy is not in this place, but it's also in this place. Father, we just thank you, God, that we are a house for your presence, God. Father, we just ask this morning that you would come and move in a mighty way, God. Show yourself in a big way, Lord. We need renewed and refreshed this morning, God, a fresh anointing this morning, God. Just let it rain down on us.
This morning, the Lord gave me the scripture for the church today. Very familiar. As I started, you, you can quote it with me if you remember it. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Amen. Tremendous promise. Amen. And I, I believe that is the verse for this church. One thing is, is this, there's a whole lot I don't understand. Can you say amen? I don't understand why I do to say I'm gonna come try out and the next thing you know he says, well, I prayed about it, I'm not. My thought is, you ought to prayed about that a long time ago. Now I'm just blunt and honest, but that's a fact check. But I don't put my confidence, what I believe God wants to do in this church, and he just spoke it into my heart a while ago. I believe that God wants to bring a spirit of revival to this church. You know, and I believe that one of the things the Lord is wanting to reveal is you don't need a man. You don't need a man to have a revival. What you need is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the midst of His people. And I, I, really, I really believe that that's a word from the Lord for the church. Because I believe that what God wants to do is you be in a spirit of revival and then add a pastor. It's better that way than the other way, honestly. Because then you're going to add a pastor to what God is already doing. And, and so if you would, go back to that scripture. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, it, now let me be real blunt and honest with you because you've learned me by now. And thank you for letting me come back. But you've learned me by now, and that is I'm just real blunt, real honest. 
Sometimes my faith lets me down. I'll tell you, not everybody I pray for is healed. Not every miracle I pray and have faith for comes to reality. Can anybody say amen? amen. I mean, that's true. And don't lie. <laughs> Sometimes my faith lets me down. So when my faith lets me down, what I do is I kick in trust. Because yes. trust tells me there must be something I don't know. Yes. Trust tells me God must have another plan. You know, it didn't work out like this. Uh, I'll give you a real quick example. There's a little 13-year-old girl who was praying for her miracle of healing from cancer. And that little baby died. And it broke my heart and the church in Chickasha's heart. Beautiful. One of the deacon's granddaughters. And we just love that little girl. And Mackenzie, when she died, we had her funeral and, and I preached her funeral. She, I didn't know these things prior to the funeral, but OU football team had adopted McKenzie as kind of a mascot and as a team representative that they supported McKenzie battling cancer. I, I didn't know it. At her funeral, uh, there was four OU football players on the platform singing and there was uh, Sherry, the, uh, at that time, the, the women's basketball coach. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Sherry, blonde hair. I, I, I'm, I'm not into basketball. I don't watch sports. Paula does. Uh, she can tell you who's in the Big 16 and all that stuff, but, but I, I, don't, I don't give a rip for it. And, you know, uh, but point being is Sherry was sitting right there when I was preaching. I, I, pardon? Two rows of basketball And behind her, I ought to let Paula tell this story. <laughs> She's better at it than I am. Behind her was two rows of basketball players, the girls. So think with me. Had the OU football players, and there was a lot of them in the congregation, had uh, a couple rows of OU basketball players. And honestly, the church would seat about seven, 800, and it was packed. And I gave an altar call. And there was a number of people that accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in that funeral. Okay? Now... Here's my point. My faith let me down from McKenzie's healing, but God had another plan. He knew something I didn't know. No. And so when my faith lets me down, then kicks in trust. I trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge that He's God in control and He will direct your path. Uh, I want to have prayer with you this morning and, and just know I, I come prepared to pray for you. I believe one of the roles as a pastor, even if you're a visiting one, is, is that we pray for the sick. And the scripture says that if there's any sick among them, let you come forward, we'll anoint with oil, we'll pray the prayer of faith, and God will lift you up. And that's exactly what we want. Uh, I believe as a minister, it's my responsibility to give you an opportunity. And then, honestly, it's on you. Because if you don't avail yourself of the opportunity, then you're the one that misses God if God's got a miracle for you today. I don't want to miss God. So I'm going to say, if you're here this morning, you need a miracle and you'd allow me to pray for you. The worship team's going to go right back in. Man, he's a miracle worker. He's a way maker. Anybody say amen? You know, see, I believe these, these words that we sing. I believe they ought to be more than words in a song. I believe we ought to live them. 
So if you're here this morning, you believe that he's the miracle worker, that he's the wave maker, if he's the one that can minister specifically to your need, we're going to pray for you. And I'd like to invite the deacons to come and, and their wives and, and join with us. Paul is going to come and we're going to believe for God to minister. Come on. God bless you. I don't feel it, you're working. 
You never stop working. You never stopped. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you would, let's just do that together. Let's thank the Lord. You're seated or standing. That's okay. Let's pray. We praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us at an altar of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that when we bring our needs and lay them at the foot of your throne, Lord, we relinquish ownership of it. We give it to you. And Father, we pray, take every burden, take every need, and turn it around in such a way that we see your hand at work. So, Father, bless each one that's come into this prayer line. They've honored you, Father. They put faith, trust, and confidence in you. Now, bless them, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is so very good. Amen. Uh, if you're here this morning uh, as a member of this church, let me tell you, you've got a good church. And God is blessing you. I'd like to invite the deacons, or excuse me, the ushers to please come forward because we want to receive our Sunday morning tithe and offering. What a blessing it is to be able to participate with God. And this is one of those participations, our, our giving in the offering and being a blessing to the church and meeting the needs of the church. Uh, thank God for your deacon board. Can you say amen? Amen. God bless them. And thank God for him being so faithful to this church and meeting the financial needs. And I, I would like to ask uh, Brother Randy, if you would please, my brother, bless the offering. appreciate y'all. Would you be a blessing to them, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank God. I, I have made a pledge to you, the church, and to the board that I will be available with you through this till you get a pastor. And, and I believe you're going to get one. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you you didn't throw tomatoes or anything. And you're, you are going to get one. It's coming. And um, we just want God's timing. 
God's timing is perfect. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to be preaching to you for the times that you allow me to be here with you. And, and I, I would like to even mention, if I happen to be with you Easter, I'd love to take communion. So if the deacon board could, or could kind of think about that if I'm here, because I think that's three weeks away. And there's a pretty high likelihood I may be with you. And, and uh, even if we have someone come try out next week or the next week, then he'd go back and tell his church. And, and for the most part, no one's going to want to leave their church on Easter. Are you with me? And so you may get me. And, and man, I'd love to have communion with you. And so if you would, let's just maybe pray about that and see how God puts that together. If you'll notice with me, the title of the message this morning is Faith in the Pit. I don't know about you, but sometimes we find that in life, we're in the pit. Thank you for those thunderous amens. <laughs> sometimes we're in the pit. Father, I pray your anointing upon your word. May your word come alive to our hearts. May the outcome be exactly your perfect will. We don't want man's opinion. We want God's word. So, Father, anoint your word and may your truth be what prevails. May our hearts be open. May the outcome be your perfect plan for this message for these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I am thankful for the mountaintop experiences. Can you say amen to that? Thank God for them. I love those times when we feel God's presence, when we know He is blessing us. I love those times when we experience His Holy Spirit and in a spirit of revival. I can tell you that we had a, a real spirit of revival in Kuwait for a number of years. We had constant people getting saved, and the church went from 60 to over 600 in just a few years, and just a tremendous spirit of revival. And I got to tell you, I love those mountaintop experiences. I wish that we could just live there. Anybody with me? Wouldn't it be great if we could take up permanent residence on the mountaintop? Uh, but that's not the truth. The truth is, even as Christians, we experience the negative. I wish there wasn't such a thing as discouragement, rejection, disappointment, or just feeling lousy. I wish there wasn't such a thing as being down or questioning God or being spiritually cold. But if you're honest, and I'm honest, there's times of the negative. It's not always the mountaintop. In fact, Jesus alluded to it, and he said it was going to be like this. Uh, Jesus said in John 16 and 33, in the world, you will have trouble. That's the NIV, the New King James and the King James, you'll have tribulation. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. In the world, you're going to have troubles. But be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. If you will, in Matthew 10 and 22, he said, you'll be hated by all for my namesake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. What that tells me is this, it doesn't matter how you started, what matters how you end. Amen. A lot of people start good, but then they fizzle out. We don't want to just, we, we don't want to fizzle out or turn our backs on God. We want to recognize, I want to finish this thing well. If you will, John 15 and 19, Jesus said, I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And that goes to you. If you're a Christian here this morning, God chose you. And now in this world, this world hates you. Why? Because we remind the world of who we were created in the image of. We remind the world of God. And, and to be real honest, and of course, again, I, I am blunt. The devil doesn't give a rip for you and doesn't give a rip for me. I'm, me personally, I'm no threat to the devil. 
but Jesus inside of me is a threat to the devil. And the enemy, the spiritual enemy, hates Jesus and anything that represents Jesus. And so that's why the world hates me, you as a Christian. In Acts 14 and 22, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. And the reality is 2 Timothy 3 and 12 says, All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So the fact is this, even though we're Christians, it's not always a mountaintop experience. Sometimes we live in what we would call a pit. We must have faith. We must have faith in the pit. We must have faith when we've had four candidates and none of them worked out. Anybody say amen? Let's make it very personal. We must have faith when we're battling cancer, when we're battling sickness, when our mother is going through a surgery, uh, the needs that have been shared in this church. You've got to have faith when you're going through the difficult time. Uh, we must have faith in tribulation, persecution, and doubt, and rejection, in heartache, in sickness, in loneliness, in divorce, in death. We've got to have faith even though we find ourselves in the pit. If you will, this is a verse that I'm kind of referring to in the message. I'm, I'm going to go to another place. In fact, I'm going to do something this morning that I rarely do. And I really challenge you to be with me tonight because I'm going to be talking about faith this morning and faith tonight. There's something I, I want you to receive from tonight is something called corporate faith. This morning, the focus is upon individual faith. Uh, notice with me Psalm 40, 1 through 5. It says, I wait patiently for the Lord, and He, God, inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. That's where I get this message. He, he brings me up out of the miry clay and sets my feet upon a rock and establishes my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. And then he says, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Now, now do you see that? Do you see what that scripture just said? Uh, you've got a song. The Lord has put a song in your heart. And that is, that song is not going to be so much heard as it's going to be seen. Because see, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks more than your talk talks. Can you say amen? amen? If you got that, you'll get it after a while. Uh, but the point is, is how you live is more important than how you talk. And, and this scripture is saying, now, if you're going to praise the Lord, then let people see your song. Uh, don't praise. Uh, I've literally seen this happen in church. Now, it, it, I, I say this kind of humorous, you know, for me personally. I've got a weird sense of humor. But I've literally seen a lady worshiping the Lord like this and slap her kid. I'll go, wow, let them see your song. Are you with me? Um, Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many are, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. Please get this verse. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order if I would declare all the thoughts that you have about me and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. God thinks about you. Isn't that cool? In fact, you can't even come up with a number of how many times God thinks about you. You come to his mind. That means you're pretty special. 
That means if God had a refrigerator, He'd have your picture on it. You're that special to Him. So my point is, your God can lift you up out of the pit. Everybody say amen. amen. Uh, the point is, your God can set your feet upon a rock. Everybody say amen. Point is, your God can give you a song that others sing. They see. They see your song. Can you say amen? Okay, now let's go to Hebrews. If you would in Hebrews, find if you've got your Bible, please go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to be talking again tonight about Hebrews because the topic of the day is faith. And if you would, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, we see a change in the chapter. And it begins with that conjunction, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to speak of Gideon and Barak and Samson, Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith they, they subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions, they quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the enemies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised back to life. Then if you've got your Bible, there will be a line there that you will put between that again and the next word. Because then there is a change. And it says others. So I talked about that group of people. Now I'm going to talk about others, another group of people. And so if you'll notice with me, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. If you will, I want us to see something that our writer, our teacher is trying to teach us here in Hebrews. What we see is this. We see this mountaintop experience. We see believers who by faith, enemies were conquered, lions mouths were stopped, promises were received, weakness gave way to strength, even dead raised back to life. What that's a describing for me personally is a mountaintop experience. That's great. That's wonderful times. But then he changes wanting to tell us this is faith too. Because also faith is believers living in the pit. These were believers mocked, scourged, imprisoned, stoned, killed, tormented, afflicted, and literally living without. Uh, the word used in verse 37 is they were destitute. They lived without. Now, we love to hear preaching about the mountaintop. And I got to tell you, I really would rather preach about the mountaintop. Man, get people excited and, and just rally and, and go with the troops. But the reality is we also need preaching about the pit. The problem with no preaching about the pit is when you find yourself in the pit, nobody's ever talked to you about the pit, then you don't know what to do when you're in the pit. Then you go, Why didn't anybody tell me that this is what it was like? Even as a Christian, I could find myself in the pit. Are you with me? 
And I'm going to tell you, biblically, there, there's been some false teaching out that when you become a Christian, everything's just going to be perfect in your life. You're never going to have any problems. And I'm going to tell you that's a lie. Because here's a beautiful example. These people by faith lived on the mountaintop. These people by faith lived in the pit. They, got, they went through the difficult times. Okay, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm your preacher this morning. What do I do when I find myself in the pit? What do we do as a congregation when we find ourselves without a pastor? And it's been now, well, a number of months, six, seven, eight months. The reality of what do I do? Number one is, is this. You need to remember what God has done. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I don't know a whole lot about this church. I've, I've asked some questions, and I've got to go to dinner with a couple of the deacons and visit with them. From what I understand, there was in Lone Grove, there was a, another church that was Lone Grove Assembly of God Church. What I understand, that church burnt down, that building. And then that building, uh, after being burnt down, had this land come into ownership by God moving and blessing a church member to own it, and now it came from, from God through this member to the church. You might say amen, and then that blessing. And so now you've got this land, and the next thing you know, you've got this church, and it's a beautiful church. Uh, I've been posting it on Facebook, and, and if you want to be one of my Facebook friends, you, you can do that. But, but I've been posting on Facebook that I'm with the good people at uh, Long Grove Assembly of God Church. I've got multiple reasons for doing that. One is, is I like for people to know that I'm not sitting around on my thumbs. And the other is, is I, I like to be able to just get the word out that this is a wonderful church looking for a pastor. Uh, somebody is going to be really honored and blessed to be the pastor of this church. And so what you've got to do, church, is remember what God has done. God has done some very remarkable things for this church. I mean, just look around. Uh, again, when I went to Chickasha my first Monday morning, not to my knowledge, but I, I found out then, my very first Monday morning, the secretary came in and said, we've got 32 cents in the bank and we owe $1.4 million. You know, and I go, wow, I kind of like to eat. You know, you know, but, uh, you know and, and of course we, we stayed there and, and God blessed. And I can tell you now that the church is out of debt and the church is financially blessed and God did it. But you're a church and you, you're out of debt. You're blessed of the Lord. You, you, you need to not be a whiner. Are you with me? Uh, I love those buttons that put, a, put a, a, a mark through whining. No whining. Quit your whining. Put your big boy pants on. Are you with me? Uh, God has blessed you. So let's remember, Hebrews 11 is devoted to stirring. In chapter 12, verse 1, after this hall of faith, in chapter, 1, verse, in chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So what the teacher is telling us is look at all these people. These lived on the mountaintop. These lived in the pit. But the reality is all of them live by faith. And they're all a witness for you. 
In other words, they're an example for you to live by. Uh, when sometimes I'm going to be on the mountaintop, and this is what we can experience. And, and in fact, if you'll note with me, he, he, this is what he says. Uh, we are challenged to remember these. How others who please God by faith, like Abel, Enoch, and Noah. How others were obedient to God by faith, like Abraham, verse 17, Isaac, verse 20, Jacob, verse 21. Uh, others were blessed by faith. That was Sarah in verse 11, will pass the childbearing age. And, and Rahab in verse 31, who protected not only herself, but also her family with the destruction of Jericho. See, when we're in the pit, we need to remember what God has done. God has blessed. God saved your soul. Amen. Anybody say amen? Amen. Uh, amen if I, you know, if I hit one. Uh, God's healed your body. And see, the reality is, is if you're not sick today, he healed you. Yes. You know, uh, if you had diarrhea, you know, over the summer and you don't have diarrhea today, hallelujah, <laughs> he healed you. Uh, all healing comes from Christ, uh, whether it's the body healing itself or whether it's medicine or whether somebody lays hands on you. If the enemy had his way, he has come but to kill, steal and destroy. Amen. If the enemy had his way, he, you nicked yourself shaving this morning, you'd bleed to death. If the enemy had his way. So all healing comes from God, our God, Jesus Christ. He is the healer. And so if you have ever been sick and you're not sick today, you've been healed. Hallelujah. Okay, let me ask that question again. How many people can say, I've been healed by the Lord? Amen. Okay, 100% of us. Uh, how many can say that I've received the joy of the Lord? Amen. Amen. How many can say that uh, the Lord has comforted me when I was going through a time of sorrow? Uh, man, over and over and over. Man, just think of what God has done. Yes. When you're in the pit, the, the first thing you need to do is remember what it was like on the mountaintop. You know, remember that God has blessed, God has provided, God has kept, God has been your fortress. And, and literally, He has been your rock. See, in this culture that we live in, and I'm going to be talking a lot about the culture in the next few days, or next few Sundays if I'm here, and that is we live in a culture that we need something unchanging. We need a rock. We need something we can count on. Because there's so much in our society, I can't count on the politics, I can't count on the president, I can't count on the, the I can't count on anything, can't count on your finances, man, banks are going broke, are you with me? And so I've got to have something in my life that I can count on. He's my rock. So the reality is God has helped us in the past. While in the pit, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember what God has done. Number two, this is, I'm, I'm giving you what to do while in the pit. Number two, look forward to what God is going to do. Because I'm going to tell you, God's going to do something tremendous in this church. Um, in the pit, I need to know that the pit is not permanent. Don't take up permanent residence in the pit. Anybody say amen? I don't plan on living here. You know, I just, I'm having to visit for a time period. You know, uh, anybody that's ever had surgery, anybody that's ever gone through a difficult time of re recovery, you know, I, I've told you I've, I'm recovering from hip replacement surgery from December, and man, I'm hitting the gym and getting stronger every day, and, and, and so I, I'm going I'm to work through it. But the reality is, it doesn't happen in my time frame. 
you know, I'd love to be overnight, wake up the next morning, be able to run a mile again, you know, but it just does not happen. So what I find myself, I find myself in the pit physically. And in this pit, I'm not taking a permanent residence. You know, I'm just visiting, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, this limp is temporary. I'm going to get better. Are you with me? Now, some people are just the opposite. Uh, they, they say, if you send me a card, if you send me a letter, send it the pit. Because they've set up permanent residence there. Are you with me? My cell phone is the pit. Just spell it out when you die. Uh, God delivers from that. That's not faith speaking. That's giving up. That, that's what this church could say. Well, we tried four times. Just forget it. We don't need a pastor. We ain't going to have one. We're just destined to destruction. No. That's a lie of the enemy. Yeah, we're in the pit. But listen, we're just visiting. We're getting out of this. Okay, understand God's will is that you be a conqueror. Look at those with me, that you be an overcomer, you be, a, uh, you be healed, you be restored, that you live a life of abundance. Yes. I love the abundant living. Anybody say amen? I live abundant life and I, I thank God for it. Uh, if you will, scripture, just to use some scriptures in Matthew 9 and 21, the woman with the issue of blood said that she knew if she touched the hem of his garment, that she would be healed. Now, as she was sick, she had this issue of blood. Levitical law tells us it was both social and physical. Uh, she was an outcast. She was unclean. That's the social aspect of it. The physical aspect of it was she was bleeding and it wouldn't stop. And so the woman had a need and the need was great. And she said this in the pit. This is her in the pit because that, that lifestyle was a pit. And so from the pit, she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, now, the sad thing is, is a bunch of religious people that was trying to keep her away from Jesus. Yes. And see, the church should never keep needy people away from the Lord. Amen. We never want to be an obstacle to the people who need to touch Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I've seen churches that they were obstacles. You know, there's a bunch of sourpusses there and you just didn't even want to be around them. And man, they just made, you know, there's a there's a fungus among us. And, you know, in the reality, you just don't want to be in that. You want to be able to love people. Oh, you need to touch Jesus. Let me step out of the way. There he is. Touch Jesus. Amen. Uh, in Matthew 20 and 33, the blind man answered Jesus by saying, Lord, we want our eyes to be open. They knew exactly what they needed. Yes. Please understand, it's critical while you're in the pit that you recognize, I don't want to stay here. I want out. I want to be able to be healed of this issue of blood. I want to be able to see. You know, I want to have a pastor that's a pastor that's just going to uh, continue to lead this church in revival. And we want a pastor that has a burden for this community. We want a pastor that wants to get involved in the schools. We want a pastor who reaches out to the young people and, and builds a youth group and builds a children. Anybody say amen? amen? You know, we're not going to stay in the pit. So the Bible is full of examples of people looking forward to what God is going to do. For Noah, if you will, it was salvation for him and his family, the eight souls from the flood. For Abraham, he was looking forward to the promise, the promise of a land and of a family, that he would be the father. If you will, Sarah, uh, she was looking forward to the promise of being a, a mother, even though she was 90 years old. Uh, for Rahab, it was the promise of life for her and her family, even in the midst of the destruction of Jericho. For David, it was victory over Goliath 
in spite of how he was so outmanned. A nine-foot-plus giant and a teenage young man. For Samson, it was strength one more time from the pit of the Philistine temple to be able to get God to move on his behalf one last time. See, in the pit, we need to look forward to what God is going to do. From the pit, Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. Can anybody say amen? And if you know the story of Job, and, and I challenge you to do this, read at the beginning of Job all the numbers. In fact, put them on a piece of paper, because uh, I've done this. Put on a piece of paper how many sheep he's got, how many oxen he's got, how many camels he's got. Put, put it on a piece of number, the exact number, and then go to the end of the book of Job, and, and it gives the number again, and put down the number of how many oxen he's got, how many camels he's got, how many sheep he's got. And what it is, the end is exactly twice as much. And he wouldn't have had that twice as much had he not gone through that pit in between. I'm going to tell you, God wants to bless you. You need to remember what he's done, but you need to also look forward to what he's going to do. Uh, from the fiery furnace, the three Hebrew men, they said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. See, your God whom you serve is able to bring you the right pastor. He's able to do that. And, and the reality is, is if they do some of the things that the past candidates have done, I, I, you're praying, you're seeking God, then God's answering your prayer. You just missed a bullet. Yes. Let me just be real blunt. Uh, thank God you don't want that person as your pastor. If that's the type of uh, character and integrity they've got. So God bless you. You've been praying, you've been seeking God, and God's answering your prayer. Amen. He is faithful. See, by faith, even in a pit, we can look forward to what God is going to do. Okay, now, if you don't think I've preached to you yet, please pull in your toes. Because I'm getting ready to jump all over them. Because this you need to know. Because this is one of the tactics I see. Now, I'm a pastor. My, my minor at, in college was counseling. And, and I do a lot of counseling. In fact, now I, I do the counseling for my son-in-law. And there's something that we see as a spiritual attack of the enemy that he does over and over and over and over again. And I put it there on the screen. The third thing while in the pit you need to understand is that you're not a special case. Amen. You are not. Um, we're living, if you'll notice with me, we're living in our culture right now in a time of combined historical trauma. This is our culture. Uh, what we have is the Civil War, and you see that, if you will, in the division right now, political parties, the divisiveness, it's like the Civil War. Anybody say amen? But we're living with COVID-19 and the effects of it, like the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, the, the economy, the loss of jobs, the shutting down of banks. Uh, civil rights movement, Black Lives Matter. So if you remember the civil rights movement of the 50s and the 60s, and now we're having it again, you know, Black Lives Matter. And, and the Watergate, I think, of the 70s, and now corrupt politics today. Uh, I've heard that Trump's going to be maybe arrested tomorrow, you know, they've been saying. And if war for independence, and then you've got, if you will, Portland, Washington, and all the defunding of the police department today. Anybody realize what I'm talking about? See, what we have, and, and this is how I worded that, we're living in a time of combined historical trauma. See, the, the reality is, is the culture that we're living in, this is nothing new. 
I just proved it to you. We're not a special case. You know, there have been a Spanish flu, COVID-19. There have been civil war. There have been banks closed, Great Depression. Some of y'all lived through it. And so the reality is, is this is nothing new. The thing that makes this new is, is this, that we're seeing it all at once. And there's a the good question as a Christian to be able to answer. Why are we seeing it all at once? We're living in the times as prior to the return of Jesus Christ. See, let me tell you, this is the fulfillment of end time events. This is Jesus warning us he's coming back. But I want you to see something with me in this process of the enemy, in this tactical objective. Because if you will, let's just kind of step back and, and view what the enemy is attempting to do. And let's see what is this tactical objective that the enemy is trying to work against us individually and collectively as a church. This is it. The tactical objective is, he first comes with this. You're a special case. No one else has ever had it this bad. This church is a special case. No one's had it this bad. Next, since no one else has had it this bad, then this is, this is unique, a unique problem for God, and God is not used to dealing with this. This is the enemy lying to you. And the enemy then will come, because it's a progression, then he'll come and say, your problem is so bad, God can't help you. Then, then the next lie that the enemy will come is, you're without hope. And then the next lie in the progression is, he will, it will never get better for you. It is bad now, and it's going to be worse tomorrow. The next lie of the enemy is, you might as well give up. And then the last is what we see so much today. You might as well kill yourself. This is a progression that I see over and over in counseling because right now we see an escalation in, in teenage suicide. Teenagers are killing themselves. But I want to tell you also what we see escalation in is veterans. There's so many veterans taking their lives. We're living in a culture where suicide, for some reason, people are convinced that it is a way out. I'm going to tell you, suicide, my grandfather committed suicide, and I'm very sensitive to that. I'm going to tell you, it is a weakness, and it is a chicken way out, suicide. Anybody say amen? amen? Suicide, the devil tries to convince people that suicide is an answer. It is not. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Are you with me? Because the problem is temporary. You're not going to take up permanent residence in the pit. It is temporary. But the enemy in this process, you're a special case. You're a special case. God's never dealt with this. You have no hope. God can't help you. And I'm going to tell you, I've sat down and gone with people through this process in counseling. And they go, how did you know? Because that's exactly what they have felt going down through it. How did you know that that's where I've been? I see it over and over and over. We do not want this to happen for the church. Because the bottom for the church is, well, we might as well just kill this church. I'm going to tell you, God's got a plan for Lone Grove Assembly of God Church. You are here for a purpose. And if you don't mind me, of course, I am blunt. I'm going to quit apologizing for it. But the reality is you are not Ardmore. You are Lone Grove. Keep your identity. 
that school is where? Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I get turned around in here. I pointed one way last week, and everybody said, it's that way. The school is over here? Uh, over here. Okay, great. That school is there for a reason, even though I don't know where it's at. It's over there for a reason. Okay? And you're here for a reason. God's put you this close to that school to be an influence in that school. You might say, man, there's no reason why this church shouldn't reach those kids. And even if they don't come to your church on Sunday, man, you could have outreaches. You could be able to uh, reach out to them and get them to come over to the church, uh, feed them uh, Wednesday night lunch and sift, or evening dinner and see if they'd stay for church. Man, there's so much you can do. Amen. You're not going to die. Amen. You're not going to give up. Uh, we're not going to take up permanent residence in the pit. Amen? If you would, here's some scriptures. Uh, Psalm 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of what? Out of them all. If you will, Psalm 71 and 20, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. Anybody say amen? There's going to be a revival. There's going to be an awakening in Lone Grove. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, for our light affliction. See, I don't care if you got cancer. I don't care if you got a brain tumor. Uh, my, my sister died of a brain tumor, you know, a few months ago. Be a beautiful Christian woman. And the reality is all that we have as compared to heaven is light affliction. Uh, the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. Uh, James 5 and 10 and 11 says, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. It was twice as much at the beginning that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. If you will note with me, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 4 and 12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. You're not a special case. Amen. Are you with me? See, see, that's very biblical. Some, don't take this like something strange has happened to you. Uh, Romans, if you will, uh, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Romans 8 and 18. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which we will receive in us. If you will, note with me Hebrews 13 and 5. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the Lord is with you, me and God, me and Jesus, we are greater than the enemy. Can you say amen? amen? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know, me and Christ, we are conquerors, we are overcomers. If you will please, in Samuel, Samuel 12 and 22, it says, For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. God puts a smile on his face when he thinks about Long Grove Assembly of God Church, when he thinks about you. He loves you that much. Amen? Amen. And God loves you so much, he does not want you to live in the pit. Amen. Now, in the pit, we need faith. That's the message this morning. Faith in the pit. In the pit, yes, I'm going to remember. 
I'm going to remember what it was like on the mountain. I'm going to remember what it was like when we built this new building. I'm going to remember what it was like when we had a spirit of revival. I'm going to remember what it was like. I'm going to remember. I'm going to look forward to what I'm expecting God to do. Because God's going to do some great things. And I'm not going to have a pity party. I'm not going to sit around and say, I'm a special case. It's also all, all, all. No, I'm going to stand up, square my shoulders, know that God's in me, and that greater is he that is in me than his opposition that is coming against me. And that's for you personally, whatever you're dealing with personally, and it's also corporate for this church. Can you say amen? amen. Let's have a prayer. Father, I pray right now that there would be the gift of faith even while visiting the pit. And Lord, we're, we're recognizing that we're just visiting. We're not taking up permanent residence. We're not laying down roots. We're just visiting. And Lord, I pray that even in the pit that there would be faith. That Lord, we'd remember what it was like and what you've done. You're, great is your faithfulness. That, Lord, we would anticipate that that you're going to do. That, Lord, with you with us, that, Lord, there are great things ahead. You've got a great plan and you can be trusted. And, Lord, we're going to identify that we're not a special case. It's time for us to dust off and, and to allow our faith to be built up and for us to get back into the fight. Father, we pray that you would have your perfect way. In Jesus' name, with head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, my first response to the message is salvation. You're here this morning and you're away from the Lord and you need to come back to Christ. You recognize that Jesus loves you right where you are. And Jesus wants to forgive you. Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. I would love to have a prayer for you with you seated right there where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to shake my hand. I'm going to ask you to accept my Jesus. You're here this morning. You need Jesus. I'd love to sit, lead you in a sinner's prayer seated right there. And you're here this morning. You say, I'm ready to pray and I want to lead you. You're here this morning. You need Christ. Would you raise your hand right now? Now's the time. You're here this morning. You need to rededicate your life. God bless you, dear. I see your hand in the back. Bless your heart. Are there any others? You're here. The, God bless you, sir. I see your hand. You can put it right back down. Thank you very much. Any others you want to, you're here this morning. You need Christ. Would you just raise your hand? Just let me know. Uh, we're going to lead the prayer. I already have two. Is there any others that you just need to slip up your hand and say, I need to dedicate my life to Jesus Christ? Any others? Congregation, if you would, let's lead these to Christ. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me my sin. And help me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. Would you stand with me, please? Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, right now I pray in the spirit realm that you would take your total, complete authority. 
I pray that the voice of the enemy would right now go silent. And I pray that the only voice of influence right now would be your Holy Spirit. So Father, in the spirit realm, there's a work that we know you want to do. You want the enemy defeated again. You want to remind us that we're, we're fighting a defeated foe. You want to remind us that we are victorious, that we are conquerors, that we are overcomers. And Father, you want to remind us that even from the pit, there is faith. Lord, I pray that you would honor this altar call. I pray that there would be a tremendous response because there's so many of us that need to know that you're right here, right now, with us for your victory and for our good. Lord, I pray your blessing as you honor this altar call. Meet with us, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray right now for all that are in this congregation that this is the time of prayer. Would you come and gather around these altars? It's okay. This is a praying church and we're not intimidated. Come around these altars and let's just seek God together. Father, right now, this beautiful time of prayer, we come and humble ourselves in your presence. And Lord, in that spirit realm, we come into obedience to Christ. We bring ourselves into submission to you. And Lord, we, we bring our hearts yielded to you. And Holy Spirit, right now, take complete authority. Holy Spirit, have your perfect way. We want you to speak to us, Lord, and we want you to confirm to us, Lord, that you are with us, that you've got a plan, even, even in the time of difficulty, that, Lord, you have healing for the sick, that you have financial provision for those that are going through a time of need, that you have leading and guiding of your Holy Spirit for, for these that are right now needing your direction. So, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want to follow your lead. Lord, we know that in you there's an anointing, there's an equipping, there's an empowering. And Lord, we so desire that you prevail, that Lord, you be the source by which we draw from. Help us to be the men you want us to be, Father. Help us to be the husbands, the fathers that you want us to be, Father. I pray for the ladies, help the ladies to be the the women of God you want them to be and help them to be the wives and, and the mothers that you want them to be. Father, we want to hear your voice right now. We want to see and know that we can, we can draw closer to you, that we can say no to self and that we can say no to this world and we can say yes to your Holy Spirit. Draw us closer, Father. We want to be more in tune to your voice, Lord. Even in the pit, we want to hear your voice clearly. So, Father, have your liberty. Move by your spirit. Accomplish in us and through us.
Thank you, Lord. Congregation, would you stand with me, please? Father, thank you. Thank you for the stirring of your Holy Spirit and thank you for the drawing of your love. And Lord, as a congregation, we're going to trust in you. We're going to trust in you with all our heart. We're not going to lean to our own understanding. We're not going to try to figure it all out. But we're going to allow you to order our footsteps and to direct the path of our lives. Because, Father, we put our confidence in you. So, Lord, I pray your blessing upon each one, your keeping. And, Father, bring us back tonight to receive from your word. Father, may your protective hedge and your blessing be upon your people, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless your heart. Love you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Lord.